Hello, and welcome to Rainbow Mormon Podcast. My name is Danny Caldwell, and I'm your host. Today is April 8th, 2019. This is episode 7. For episode 7, I wanted to do a little recap on some of the things from conference. So just a few days ago, I uh, did a an episode on the recent backtrack, I guess, of the um, exclusion policy of 2015, in which the church said that the children of LGBT people who were in relationships could not be baptized or receive blessings, and that those who were married in a same-sex relationship were considered apostate and would be um, excommunicated. I shared some of my feelings on them stepping back on that. They still consider same-sex marriage to be a serious sin, which still means that you can be excommunicated. So I don't fully, other than the kids, the kids is a big change. As far as the apostasy thing, I don't really see that big of a difference. The consequences can still be pretty much the same. But with that, in conference, there were a few things that were just so interesting to me, because my thought was, I mean, this blew up that announcement about the change just blew up. I mean, it was international news this week, and a lot of criticism came at the church. So I thought, you know, just from a marketing perspective, it would probably be a good idea to just kind of steer clear from this topic, this conference. But no, they chose not to, and they doubled down on it. And it really felt as you see from the title of this podcast, like they just, they extended an olive branch and then took that olive branch and just slapped you in the face with it. Because it felt like, even though I had a lot of problems with what was, uh, with just the way the church has handled this whole thing, and I had a lot of criticisms, it was a positive step. And it felt like in conference, they kind of just took that all back. So the main talk that I had issue with was Elder Anderson's talk on Saturday. Someone on Facebook described it as someone was asking what happened, and they said, you know, he started talking about the proclamation of the family, and it went downhill from there. And I think that's a really good uh, description of what happened. So I'm going to play some excerpts from that and hopefully give you an idea of what some of the, the issues were. So I'm going to pick this up about a minute into Elder Anderson's talk. So here we go. Blessed with the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, we humbly declare that there are some things that are completely and absolutely true. These eternal truths are the same for every son and daughter of God. The scriptures teach Truth is knowledge of things as they are, and as they were, and as they are to come. Truth looks backward and forward, expanding the perspective of our small point in time. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth shows us the way to eternal life, and it comes only through our Savior, Jesus Christ. It's interesting as he's talking about Jesus Christ and that we can all turn to him and that he has the truth. And it's, it's very interesting. I believe that. And it's really hard for me knowing what he's about to say 
to be okay with him him saying that because he's he's leading up to pretty discriminatory teachings but yet is framing this up to be truth and that Jesus Christ has the truth when really what I think he he means is that the church has the truth because what he's teaching I don't know any teaching from Jesus Christ says this this is church church teachings and I, I know an LDS person would say yeah but that is coming through Jesus Christ but you know there is no written teaching of that so let's continue there is no other way Jesus Christ teaches us how to live and through his atonement and resurrection he offers us forgiveness from our sins and immortality beyond the veil this is absolutely true he teaches us that it does not matter if we are rich or poor prominent or unknown sophisticated or simple but as we will find out shortly it does matter if you are gay rather our mortal quest is to strengthen our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to choose good over evil and to keep his commandments while we celebrate the innovations of science and medicine the truths of God go far beyond these discoveries so basically what is being said with that is that we believe in science we support science as long as it backs up what the church teaches if it doesn't then that just means God's knowledge is far beyond ours so if science says that gay people are born that way that telling them to live in authentically causes hopelessness and suicide that can't be possible because the gospel makes people happy so that's just a misunderstanding we know better than that because we have um, that eternal understanding so this next section I skip forward a little bit and the context of of what he's talking about he he talks about how we need to be able to see things through the eye of faith meaning that things might not look like they make sense but if we look at them from a different perspective and the perspective being the eye of faith that those then will make uh, more sense to us so here's what he has to say about looking at things through the eye of faith let's look at the proclamation of the family through the eye of faith President Gordon B. Hinckley introduced the family a proclamation to the world with this statement with so much sophistry that is passed off as truth with so much of deception concerning standards and values with so much of allurement and enticement to take on the slow stain of the world we have felt to warn you the proclamation begins all human beings male and female are created in the image of God so right there from the very beginning um, I mean this is nothing new to an LDS person but the first line of the proclamation is that that we're all male or female so right there it's already kind of slapping um, the trans community in the face that this is who you are and you can't 
change that. And so this this is the first slap of the the olive branch. Okay, we're um, extending a hand and wait a minute, hold still, let me slap you. Uh, you're actually not wanted the way that you are. You're wanted if you conform to what we feel you should be. So I'm going to skip forward again to where he starts talking more about sexuality and sex between two people and marriage. Before that, he just kind of he's just reading the proclamation up to that point. So um, we'll pick up at that point. The proclamation is direct. We declare the means by which mortal life is created to be divinely appointed. We affirm the sanctity of life and of its importance in God's eternal plan. Our Father's plan encourages a husband and a wife to bring children into the world and obligates us to speak in defense of the unborn. If we pick and choose what we accept in the proclamation, we cloud our eternal view, putting too much importance on our experience here and now. So the part where he talks about picking and choosing, we, you know, we can't pick and choose what parts of the proclamation to follow. This just hurts and makes me angry in that, you know, here's pulling out that olive branch again. Let's slap you a few times. I, I don't have a choice. You know, I don't choose who I'm attracted to. I don't choose to to be gay. It is what it is, and that's really hurtful when he throws it out there that this is like this is some kind of choice. And you know, he may be talking about supporting gay people once again. Like that's not their choice. What's wrong with supporting somebody for something that's not their their choice and letting people enter into relationships that make them happy. So, he goes on. By prayerfully pondering the proclamation through the eye of faith, we better understand how the principles are beautifully connected, supporting one another, revealing our Father's plan for his children. And, just so we're all clear, that plan for his children is to marry an opposite-sex partner in the temple and have kids, just so we're clear on that. Should we really be surprised when the Lord's prophets declare his will and for some questions remain? Of course, some reject the voice of the prophets immediately, but others prayerfully ponder their honest questions, questions that will be settled with patience and an eye of faith. I am curious as to how much patience is necessary. I spent over 20 years trying to figure this out, doing everything I possibly could, spending hundreds, thousands of dollars on therapy to fix myself endless hours of prayer and scripture study and trying to do everything I was supposed to do. In the end, it didn't make me happy. I didn't get the answer that this is what I'm supposed to be doing for myself. The answer I ended up getting was that I need to be happy in life. 
that me wanting to commit suicide wasn't what God wants for me. So this idea that, you know, we should ponder and pray, the, the idea is that people who leave the church haven't done that. And I can almost guarantee that those who have left the church, especially LGBT people who have left the church, have prayed and pondered and diligently tried to make this work more than most active members ever have. And so it's insulting for there to be this idea that they they didn't try hard enough. If the proclamation had been revealed in a different century, there would still have been questions, just different questions than those of today. Elder Anderson, I want to know what questions people in the past would have had. Is that polygamy? That's the only thing I can think of because the whole uh, proclamation is pretty traditional in the way it talks about gender roles and roles in the family and I don't see there being much problem that would have been voiced about it earlier on. The only thing I can think of would be polygamy and I don't think that this homosexuality falls into the same category as polygamy. Polygamy is most definitely a choice or at least for the men oftentimes it was a choice for the women oftentimes it was not but it was either a choice or something forced on people. Um, homosexuality is not a choice. It's not forced on to people. It is something that people have within them. It's part of who they are. So they, they don't even fall into the same category. I think the only reason that this would have brought up questions for people in the past in regards to polygamy is because the church would be, once again, going back on a doctrine that people base their lives around and they had been told would never be changed and then suddenly it's being changed. Of course that's going to bring up questions. But you're comparing apples and oranges. These are two completely different topics. Um, I don't know for sure if you're referring to polygamy, but that's the only thing I can possibly see in the proclamation that would be problematic for people in the past. So let's continue listening to Elder Andrew. One purpose of prophets is to help us in resolving sincere questions. Prior to being the president of the church, President Russell M. Nelson said this, prophets see ahead. They see the harrowing dangers the adversary has placed or will yet place in our path. Prophets also foresee the grand possibilities and privileges awaiting those who listen with the intent to obey. I testify to the truth and spiritual power of the united voice of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve. Elder Anderson, it's very interesting to me that you say, you know, prophets see ahead and they see the grand possibilities for those willing to obey. They see ahead, yet three and a half years ago, there was a policy made banning the children from of gay couples to be able to be baptized and gay people were labeled as, um, who chose to marry, were labeled as apostate. And now three and a half years later, that's changed. And it's hard for me to see how a prophet sees ahead but couldn't see that three and a half years later, this was going to be changed. I, I am fully in support of the changes. I think they're great. The problem is, is that 
we keep saying, you know, prophets see ahead. Prophets make these changes because they know what's best, but yet three and a half years later, they change things. You know, two years ago, something is revelation, and now it is just a policy um, that was outdated after three and a half years. doesn't make sense, and it, it really does show there isn't seeing ahead. This is policies being put in place because of people's personal opinions and viewpoints, and I, I don't believe that it is the will of God. In my lifetime, we have seen a dramatic change in the world's beliefs about many of the principles taught in the proclamation. During my teenage and early married years, many in the world walked away from the Lord's standard we call the law of chastity, that sexual relations are to occur only between a man and woman who are lawfully married. In my 20s and 30s, many walked away from the sacred protection of the unborn as abortion became more acceptable. In more recent years, many have walked away from God's law that marriage is a sacred union between a man and a woman. And this is where Elder Anderson says, just stand right there while I slap you in the face over and over again with this olive branch. Okay, just a few days before this, there was this big announcement that the church is, has rolled back its policy on LGBT members and that their children will be able to receive baptism and blessings and that they're no longer considered apostate. But their marriages are still considered a, a grievous sin. This blew up international news and you'd think that they would just keep their mouths shut about this. But no, Elder Anderson feels it's a good idea to lay down the law about this. So LGBT members starting to feel some acceptance, and then he comes out, first of all, saying that the law of chastity, and you know what? I have no problem with the law of chastity um, in regards to, you know, a church saying that, you know, sexual relationships should be between um, people that are married. I don't personally have a problem with the church stating that. I don't necessarily agree with that, but if a church states that, okay. But then he has to add in there that the law of chastity is there should be no sexual relationships um, except between a man and a woman uh, who are legally and lawfully wedded. So there's number one, slap, slap. Then he goes on to say that people now have walked away from marriage as being a sacred union between man and woman. And he says this after stating a few other things that he feels people have walked away from. And just the tone of his voice, it's just this sad, depressed sound. You know what? That hurts. You're seeing this change that most people see as a huge step forward in just allowing people to be with who they love and who they're attracted to. We find suicides decreasing as society is more accepting of this. And and this just, I, I don't understand why he felt he needed to emphasize these points. It really is like there was this olive branch extended and now I'm just going to start smacking you with it. 
you, you basically took back everything that was said. You know, you're still not welcome here. You're still not wanted here. We still don't accept you. We may not call you an apostate, but that's how we see you. You still are committing a grievous sin, and you could be excommunicated for that. Um, you and your families are not welcome here. That's what's being said here. It basically just negated everything, all the progress that was made with the change of the policy a few days earlier. So let's um, roll a tape and hear what else he has to say. Watching many walking away from the boundaries the Lord has set reminds us of that day in Capernaum when the Savior declared his divinity, and sadly, many of his disciples walked away. The Savior then turned to the twelve. Will ye also go away? Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Where will I go, Elder Anderson? I'll tell you where I, I'm going to go. It's not walking away from Christ. It is walking away from the church. And you put those together as if those are the same thing. But I didn't. Christ was important to me. I don't know what I believe exactly, but you know that's something that was familiar and and something that, that brought some meaning and purpose in my life. So I found a different way to worship Christ. I go to a church where my partner and I are welcomed. We can sit by each other. Um, we can hold hands. I can put my arm around them and nobody cares. I'm not judged. I'm, I'm welcomed there. So where, where will we go? We're going to go where we're accepted. We're going to go where people want us. And unfortunately, right now, the Elgis Church isn't, isn't that. We aren't wanted there. We aren't accepted there. <laughs> One friend of nearly 20 years, whom I admire greatly, is not married because of same-sex attraction. He has remained true to his temple covenants, has expanded his creative and professional talents, and has served nobly in both the church and the community. He recently said to me, I can sympathize with those in my situation who choose not to keep the law of chastity in the world in which we live. But didn't Christ ask us to be not of this world? It is clear that God's standards are different from those of the world. And now, Elder Anderson, he just can't help himself. He can't leave this one alone. He now has an olive branch in each hand, and he's just going to town. He says that he has a friend who is not married because of SSA. The reason that his friend is not married isn't because of SSA. His friend isn't married because he's been told that who he is is not welcome in God's kingdom. And that his love and how that presents itself in his life is a grievous sin. And that if he follows his nature and allows himself to love who he loves, then he will be exiled from his tribe. That's not him not getting married because of SSA. That's because he's not getting married because of emotional abuse. Being told that who he is is wrong. Anderson goes on to say that his friend said, I can sympathize with people who choose to pursue that. And then he follows that with, but 
Okay, if you know anything, you don't use the word but. But negates everything that it said before it. So he sympathizes, but, which is saying, I really don't sympathize. But didn't Christ ask us to not be of this world? You know, Christ did tell us that. Christ also told us to love thy neighbor. Christ also teaches, I mean, if we want to look at the Book of Mormon, um, men are that they might have joy. Okay, aren't we supposed to be happy in this life? Aren't we taught that? I can tell you, when I was trying to do what the church told me to do, I wasn't happy. I was extremely suicidal. I'm happy now. But apparently that's not what we're striving for. We're supposed to just ignore our happiness, focus on our career and improving you know, ourselves in other ways, but forget having that close emotional attachment that all human beings desire and want in their lives. Once again, just another slap in the face. I, I don't know why he can't just leave this alone. It's This is... I mean, it had blown up. Like, why do this? Things were just starting to feel a little better, and then he just knocks it all right back where it was. For those desiring to please God, faith, patience, and diligence are surely needed. Often, the laws of man move outside the laws of God. So according to Elder Anderson, the way to please God is through faith, patience, and diligence. You know what? I'm going to try to please God by being the best human being I can be. By loving everyone, regardless of their beliefs or what they look like or how they, who they love or their political views. I'm just going to love people because that's what I was taught to do. And that's you know, the first great commandment was um, to love thy God. The second was like unto it, to love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm going to love my neighbor. That's the second great commandment. And I, I always think that scripture is interesting because there's a part that we miss in that oftentimes. And it's, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself. In order to love my neighbor as myself, I need to love myself first. So really, the second great commandment is to love myself. So it goes, love God, love myself, love my neighbor. You know what? That's exactly what I'm doing. I spent over 20 years not liking myself, thinking I was dirty, thinking I was wrong, um, hating that I had these feelings and trying to figure out how to make them go away. And you know what? I realized, like... I, they don't need to go away. I just need to learn to love myself. So that's how I'm going to please God. I'm going to love God. I'm going to love myself. And I'm going to love others. My wife Kathy and I have known a single sister, now in her mid-40s, who is gifted in her professional abilities and serves valiant, valiantly in her ward. She too has kept the laws of God. She wrote... I dreamed of the day I would be blessed with a husband and children. At times, my situation brings feelings of being forgotten and alone. But I try to keep the focus on what, focus off what I don't have and instead on what I do have and how I can help others. Service to my extended family in my ward and in the temple has helped me. 
I am not forgotten or alone because I am part of, and we are all part of, a larger family. You know what, Elder Anderson? I feel for this sister. I, I really do. But I'm tired of the experience of gay LDS people being compared to single people in the church who don't get married. It is not the same thing. Yeah, that that's there's similarities in that they choose to follow the gospel. They're going to be alone. But the difference is, is that that sister, she's allowed to pursue relationships. She's allowed to have feelings and act on those feelings. If she did fall in love with somebody and they got married, she would be welcomed with open arms in her ward. She would still be part of that large ward family. Whereas LGBT people, when they are true to themselves, if I, I got married to somebody, to a man, and I was attending an LDS ward, I could very, I would very likely be excommunicated. I'm not wanted there. There's a big difference. In order to live the gospel, I have to completely ignore a significant part of who I am and have not even give myself the opportunity um, or the even the thoughts of having what I've been looking forward to my entire life. Don't compare those two. I'm tired of it. It happens all the time, and they are not the same thing. So please don't compare them. Some will say, you don't understand my situation. I may not, but I testify there is one who does understand. There is one who knows your burdens because of his sacrifice made in the garden and on the cross. As you seek him and keep his commandments, I promise you that he will bless you and lift the burdens too heavy to bear alone. He will give you eternal friends and opportunities to serve. More importantly, he will fill you with the powerful spirit of the Holy Ghost and shine his heavenly approval upon you. No choice, no alternative that denies the companionship of the Holy Ghost or the blessings of eternity is worthy of our consideration. I know the Savior lives. I witness that he is the source of all truth that really matters and that he will fulfill all the blessings he has promised to those who keep his commandments. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, there you have it. Elder Anderson, you know what? I, I agree with you. You don't understand. And I do agree that there is one who does understand. I believe in a higher power that understands what I'm going through. And I know that he is okay with me being gay. And I know that he approves of my relationship. And I know that when I follow the commandments that are important, like loving other people and treating others kindly and looking out for my neighbor, then I will be blessed. Um, I, I believe I, I give 
give and the universe will give back to me and whether that's god or christ or whatever i don't know exactly what i believe but i think there's something bigger out there and i think that that whatever that is is totally okay with me and what's really important is that we care about other people and we treat each other kindly and that he is he or it is thrilled with me being able to love somebody in the way that i love my partner so there you, there you have it um this talk was made me sad i i agree with the changes that were made my last podcast talks about why i have issue with it but i think they were good changes and i think things were moving in a good direction and it feels like this talk just came out and just it's like we took this little step forward and now we just took five steps back um just here's an olive branch let me slap you with it a lot so those are my thoughts on this talk in particular i apologize this podcast was supposed to be about a continuation of my story in conversion therapy um, but conference came along there was stuff to talk about so this is what you get with that this has been rainbow mormon podcast my name is danny caldwell thanks for joining us and join us next time the music for this episode was provided by blue dot session i want to give a thanks to mormon discussions for sponsoring this podcast check out mormon discussions and the other great podcasts on on the mormon discussions if you have comments questions um, you can find me on facebook at rainbow mormon podcast you can email me at rainbow mormon at gmail.com or visit our website which is rainbowmormon.org thanks for joining us and hope you will be with us next time